0: Protect yourself from identity theft and take complete control of your debit card with Secure Lock Equip from First Arkansas Bank & Trust. Visit FABNT.com for details. Member FDIC. Jones dribbles right side out beyond the arc. Ponds trying to defend. 15 to shoot. Jones step back. Three on the way. He got another one goodness 31 for Mason Jones it's 70 to 54. Hogs weave out beyond the arc five to shoot got to work now Jones right side feeds Desi on the wing ball fake steps inside the arc and knocks it down 13 for Sills no panic as the shot clock was winding down hogs with their biggest lead of the night 72 54 with 625 to go Harris gets a screen from Obuguelo guarded by Plavchik Jalen, left side. They're trying to get Obuagbolo a shot. Three from the wing at the horn. No good. That's the ball game. That's the ball game. They wanted to get him back a three-point attempt. He got it up, but it wouldn't go. This one's in the books, and Arkansas wins at 86 to 69.
1: Oh yes, we're looking at a winner. Hogs get it done last night in convincing fashion. Spectacular start, and they made it stand up as the. Wrong is righted against the Tennessee Volunteers. Who Pig. welcome into the zone. Justin Aker, Westmore. Christian Weaver. Busy day today, guys, and a lot of it will be spent celebrating what was a big win last night and looking ahead to a big matchup over the Jack tonight as well.
2: You know something either good is happening or something really bad is happening when Chuck is talking about Ogubwella at the end of the game. That's a good like, point. like, who? Who's he talking about? Mm-hmm. Oh, it just rolls off his tongue, doesn't it? He does such a fantastic job pronouncing that name. Yeah, that was, uh, that was fun. The last four or five minutes of the game, you're not sweating it out, thinking, come on, defense, get a stop, get a stop. Make your free throw. Please make your free throw. Only if they have made their free throws earlier. that's
1: was, that was good. Could have been worse. I refreshing. mean, Arkansas missed a few easy layups oh. and yeah, a couple free throws too, but they shot it pretty well from the line. You can't really complain about 27 to 33. And what a night for Isaiah Joe. The most free throws ever made without a miss since Arkansas joined the SEC. 12 of 12 last night, and he and Jones – combined for 24 of 27 is that good yes
2: yeah, that's, that's seems solid. good yeah it's yeah, really, really good. solid. i was worried though at the end of the se- first half you know we were all at brewski's watching the game and arkansas was up 16 at one point they missed the front end of a one and one i think jalen harris missed a, c- a couple free throws mason jones missed another free throw And and we were like, we're adding in our head, we're like, that's six points they just left on the board. They could be up over 20 right now. Mm -hmm. And they were up 13 at the half. And as I left Brewskis to go back to Fox 16, I was like, man, I hope this doesn't come back to haunt them. They could honestly be up 19 right now. And it was a 13-point game. And when Tennessee cut it to two in the second half, I was like, that's the storyline. They blew it at the end of the first half by missing those free throws. Mm -hmm. but. Ben, what a, what a great run. That they, to finish the game on, or Mason Jones just got so hot, Justin. It, was one, it reminded me of watching one of those NBA games when a guy can't miss and his teammates do a great job of getting him the ball. Mason Jones a couple times hit shots and you're just like, there's nothing Tennessee can do about that. He's just got the hot hand. You can't stop him. This is fun. Just sit back and watch it.
1: No doubt. Well, and everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. You can see a guy like Ethan Henderson come in, start the game, second time in his career, nine rebounds, he's playing his role. We know what Joe is. He's a knockdown shooter, a guy that's helping out on the defensive end. And when Sills is knocking down perimeter jumpers, forget about it. This team is impossible to deal with, and he's shot it really well the last few games. And I saw the numbers on it. I'll have to find that. He's 21 of 49 from three-point range over the last 10 games, Wes. I mean, he was a great shooter at the end of the year last year. We talked about his percentage being mm-hmm. at the top, right? He was our best shooter percentage-wise last year at three from three. I think he ended up that way. And he has been, the last ten games, really. he's really shot it well. And not to mention, I mean, maybe the highlight of the night was his little step-through layup, which was beautiful. So, this was a lot of fun. It was a great environment. I want to thank the folks at Brewskies. We had a great time over there. Uh, our waitress, who's, I guess, pretty new there, was really good. Her name is... It's unique. Carson and LC and the whole crew over there, we appreciate them. But we had a good time. So, yeah, it was fun. It was a packed house.
2: Coach Musselman mentioned this that uh, I guess earlier this week, the last four weeks, Desi Seals has really made a big improvement in his three point shooting. Yeah. That you, you, they could see it coming, and finally it's translated from practice into the game. Well, we saw it again last night. He was yep. three for five from the three point line. And I pulled it up for you. Desi Seals last year. From the three-point line, shot forty-six percent. He was twenty-nine to sixty-three. Uh, that is best on
1: the team last year. So I thought I knew we talked about that before. Desi Sills, outstanding again. So Arkansas also held their own on their boards. Thirty-one twenty-eight. They got out rebounded much more competitive than the first time around. And here's another number that I thought was really impressive for mm-hmm. Arkansas. When I do a game and I look at points off turnovers, I typically expect if you do pretty well, you get a point to a point and a half. You're doing pretty well. Last night, Arkansas scored two points. Per turnover force. They only forced 12 turnovers. They ended up with 24 points off turnovers, West, which is a huge number. Arkansas only coughed it up seven times, which is outstanding as well. And Tennessee got just nine points off of those. So that was a critical part of the game, getting turnovers and producing off of those turnovers. And that's what we talked about with the five-guard lineup, something Arkansas can do. Wreak havoc. And it was hilarious. I'll tell you, one of my favorite things watching over and over again last night was them running uh, the big kid, 35, out at at Mason Jones. And he had a good game offensively. The kid did four or five from the floor. But watching him guard Mason Jones was hilarious. And they did not switch. I'm like, this kid is a beautiful physical specimen, but he cannot stay in front of Mason Jones. I think they liked his length to try to disrupt the shooting, but it was like, what a ridiculous mismatch.
2: Well, they were running a pick-and-roll with Ethan, and he was guarding Ethan. Ethan would come up, set the pick, and I thought Barnes made a mistake, a key mistake by not switching, hedging out, doing a hard double off of that pick and roll. And Tennessee just kept switching. He and, had him four or five times and, and in putting, a row. Yes. Yeah. And so what did Musselman do? He just kept calling the same play. Why not? If you're not going to switch, we're we're just going to keep running that play. There's no way that cat can guard Mason Jones. No. And Musselman, man, I give him credit. And I, and we talked about in on the postgame show last night. I think Rick Barnes is a heck of a coach, but he made a just a, a bad mistake there by not, not, not changing up how they guard that pick and roll
1: because Arkansas took advantage of it. I want to thank our friends at KNWA, Eric Musselman, after the game.
3: Yeah, I just thought, you know, the, the focus last couple days, phenomenal. You know, we talked over and over about trying to get off to a good start. When we talked the other day in, in our media session, we talked about trying to make some adjustments the second time you play a team. And, you know, I thought defensively Jimmy Witt was great on on Santiago Vescovi. Obviously, Ethan Henderson's energy on the glass was phenomenal tonight. And, uh, you know, Mason and, and Isaiah's ability to draw free throws attempted and, and again, that, that defending the three-point line becomes so important for us. And we did another great job of, of taking away the three ball tonight. Um, and I thought we played with great pace, You know, 14 to 0 in fast break points and, and then points off of turnovers. Although Tennessee didn't have a high, high volume of just 12 turnovers, we turned those into points. And, and uh, I thought that was really a key to the game, is live ball turnovers as opposed to dead ball turnovers.
1: So there you go. Arkansas ends up shooting for the game 48%, 9 of 23 from three, and outstanding at the free throw line 27 of 33. That's 82%. On the flip side, they held Tennessee to 4 of 17 from three. Arkansas continues to do the job with their perimeter defense. That is insane 24%.
2: Man, and we got to give Jimmy Witt some love. What he did to, uh, what's his name, Viscotti? Viscovi. Viscovi. Mm-hmm. Vescovi tore them up in Knoxville, and Coach Musselman last week preached it over and over, and you played that That's all yesterday. we heard about. Yeah. It, it became a little obnoxious, didn't it, to the point where I was worried. Yeah, he's like, I don't
1: know who's going to get us, but it ain't going to be this dude. <laughs>
2: yeah. What, what are the other four guys in the starting lineup thinking? Because that, all you're doing is talking about viscovi Well, Jimmy Witt overplayed Vescovi's left hand. I don't know if you guys noticed it, but it was it was drastic on TV. It was like, you can go to the right if you want. Yeah, I mean, you've got all the room in the world to go to your right, but you're not going to your left. We're what taking did, that away.
1: What did Joe Klein say yesterday? He said the one thing about Viscovi, as good as he is, he will cough it up. He will turn it over. Turned him over five times. So out of the 12, he coughed up five of them. It was a huge part of the game. Disruptive.
2: And the, the assists for Vescovi? Not many. Nada.
1: No, how about none? Okay, how good. How about nada?
2: Yeah, Arkansas forces their point guard five turnovers, zero assists. I think you, win, you can win that game. I'll
1: tell you another thing, too, is Mason Jones, which we don't talk enough about. We, I guess we've talked about it some this year. He drew 10 fouls yesterday, too, Wes. I mean, he's just causing havoc, just totally creating problems for the opposing defense. All right, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because I do want to delve into this game a little deeper, but we have to ask the question now. And, look, you got two frickin' homers up there last night, and I love them. I mean, I love Pat, and you had Jimmy up there, too, with the uh, – with the uh, SEC Network crew, and they said they're going through team. They in, they out. In, they're out. And of course, they both say in, Arkansas in. I'm like, let's just temper our expectations here. Let's not go crazy. But, look, LSU is slipping bad. AM's playing much better, and the two games that looked to be the easiest now, to me, might be the two hardest because, you know, you have to go on the road, play Georgia, the team that's playing better. They lost a heartbreaker last night mm-hmm. to South Carolina on the road, and then – you got a really tough deal with a And M the way they're playing right now. So, I mean, I, I cannot, I, and I think they got to have it all to get in, Wes. Unless they make the NC, unless they win the SEC tournament.
2: Yeah, I think, and I go back to what Lenardi said on Saturday, and, and before that game, he said if they could win four out of five, which now they won two, but just one loss is the point. One loss on the way in and then win your first SEC game, Lenardi thought they had a greater than 50% chance of being into the tournament, getting into the tournament.
1: So, a lot of it depends on what happens with the other bubble teams. There are a number of bubble teams in action tonight. I tweeted something out about that. I think UCLA, USC or two of them. I can't remember the others that were on there. But, it's, you know, again, you're going to need some help, mm-hmm. but you would love to not have to be in that position. I think if Arkansas wins out and wins one, especially with the Joe factor, which they will consider, to me no brainer.
2: Oh yeah, if Arkansas wins out, it's done deal. There's zero doubt in my mind that they're an NCAA tournament team. That would put them 9 and 9 in the SEC. That would give them three more wins. That would give them 21 wins overall. And then you go back to the fact that they're 9 and 9 in the SEC, but they're 0 and 5 without Isaiah Joe. This is a team that's 9 and 4 in the SEC with Isaiah Joe. Uh, that's good enough to get in the NCAA tournament. And that, that's something that the committee will talk about. So, zero doubt. If they went out, they're in the tournament.
1: The other question becomes, where does Arkansas play in the SEC tournament? They're currently now, again, <laughs> if they went out, they're not going to be in the position they're in now. But currently, they'd be playing on the first day of the tournament, which is something they have never done since they went to the current format from what I read this morning. Arkansas, even though they won, they're tied with Missouri, tied for 10th. If the season ended today, this is according to I assume it was Bob Holt, uh, they'd be the ten seed in the tournament. So
2: Missouri would have the tiebreaker.
1: Yes, we won. Missouri about beat that. Auburn. That's why. And they also beat Florida. Well, and this says because of the Auburn oh, because win.
2: because you go uh, if tied if you got a head first tiebreakers head to head that would be tied. Then you go down first place. You know what'd you do against the first place? Everybody team? lost to Kentucky. Second place team.
1: Yeah, uh, that's yep. Auburn. Yep. So. The uh, 11 through 14 in league play would play the first day. Arkansas has never played on the tournament's first day since they expanded to five days in 2013. So that would be notable, but not in a good way. And again, Arkansas, if, if they're playing on the first day as a 10 seed or worse or 11 seed or worse, they ain't playing to get in the tournament anyway. So I ain't worried about it. Right. You well, better get yourself up to a nine, eight, seven.
2: Yeah, and here's the deal. Tennessee, their their schedule that's remaining is a killer. They play the three best teams. So Tennessee is most likely, I think, is going to be one of those uh, last four teams. Uh, and, and then Missouri, too. Missouri, to me, still got a lot to prove. I think the Arkansas finishes stronger than Missouri down the stretch. So I'm not worried about those last four, you know, playing in those last four games. I think when it's all said and done, Arkansas will move up a couple of spots and uh, not be playing in that first day on Wednesday. Uh, the key for them is... It, really LSU, man, you need LSU. I think you need LSU to beat AM because LSU has slipped out of that top 30 now with that loss to Florida. Their, I saw their NET ranking now is 32, so it would not be a quad one victory for Arkansas next Wednesday. So you need LSU to move back up into that top 30. By the way, Arkansas moved up five spots last night from 45 to 40 in the NET ranking, so I'm curious now to see what Lenardi does with Arkansas. How much do they move up? they were in the next
1: four out right. last night. So, and Alabama was as well. So that's another thing Alabama's future could be somewhat pertinent to this as well. Arkansas sitting at 6 and 9, 7 and 8 Tennessee 7 and 8, Alabama ahead of them, then you go to AM at 8 and 7. And then it's South Carolina, that was a huge win for them last night to stay relevant in the race for a postseason bid for the NCAA tournament. 17 and 11, 9 and 6 in conference, Mississippi State's still right there. They've got to be in the first four out, I would think, at this point, right? Those two teams?
2: Yes. Yeah, Mississippi State, Alabama, Arkansas, we're all in South Carolina. We're all in Lenardi's bubble. Our next uh, next four out, or next, you know, last four out. It's yeah. a it, it's a race down the stretch. That SEC tournament is going to be key for these teams. It's going to be, for some of them, if you have a head-to-head with one of those guys, it's like an NCAA tournament play-in game in the SEC tournament. Or it may be a case where you're playing a higher seed you win that game, you beat, knock off one of those top four SEC teams. That may get you into the NCAA tournament.
1: Mississippi State has Ole Miss, South Carolina, which will not be an easy game. That may be an elimination game. Yeah, that's a good point. And and, and Missouri left on the schedule. Um, I was looking at – and then who else is ahead of them? So you're looking at Alabama. Alabama. That's another key one. They've got South Carolina at home. So all okay. these teams are going to feed off each other. Yeah. And they get Vanderbilt at home, and they go to Missouri. So Alabama's got a pretty good road outside of that, that game against uh, South Carolina. I
2: wouldn't chalk up Missouri as a win right now. They're playing well, and they're playing well at home. That's a tough team to beat at the at their house. Fair point. You know, I, I, the, here's the key, and I'll keep going back to it. Arkansas's got to win at Georgia. Arkansas's got to beat LSU. And most likely they're going to have to win at Texas A and M. Well,
1: yeah, I think if you, they get to nine and nine, it's a no brainer. So let's just hope they do that. Florida's uh, at Tennessee. Tennessee's also got at Kentucky, and then they host Auburn, like you said. So I mean, yeah, they're they're in bad, bad way right now with what their schedule's left.
2: My my biggest issue and worry about Arkansas that, and that's why I keep going back to this LSU game. How big it is. Who is Arkansas's biggest win so far in the SEC?
1: What's Arkansas' biggest win in the SEC? Yeah,
2: what's their best win? What's their most quality win? Their, their highest, when you look at it.
1: I don't know. I mean, there's a, there's a number. I mean, there's an actual answer to that. I don't know what it would be. It's
2: Texas A&M. The first game of the season, A&M is the only team they've beaten with a 500 or greater record. Hmm. Yeah, Tennessee was 500 last night until they lost to Arkansas. Now they dropped below 500.
1: So who else do you have left it's, uh LSU is the only one? Yeah,
2: because Georgia, well, no, and A&M, uh, if A&M wins their next two games or splits their next two games they could be a 500 team
1: going into it i don't think it matters do you uh no but it's still it's an interesting factor it
2: it could be something that the the selection committee looks at and says you know look they're nine and nine in the sec or eight and ten let's say it say it comes down to their eight and ten who are they beating who are those eight wins we know they had a great non-conference schedule and we know that they were without isaiah joe for five games but who do those eight wins come against and it could be something that, you know, it's in the back of my mind. It's something that kind of worries me. And maybe it's me just wondering how good this team is. Right. Because you look at it, who have they beaten in the SEC play? Uh, you know, you can hang your hat on Indiana still and going on the road. I don't care. Even an average Indiana team, they're hard to beat at Indiana. Sure.
1: So, a number of things to talk about real quick here. Nancy Holt is coming up at 10.30. We'll just uh, have her in a couple minutes here. Steve Shields will be in 11. Continue to break down the Arkansas game. I know he watched it last night. He was invited to hang out with us. He chose not to, but he got to hang out with his wife, so I don't blame him. That was probably a better choice for him. <laughs> Barrett Salee will join us at 11.30. Oh, we also need to talk to Steve about the UALR, or the oh, sorry, the Little Rock Trojans matchup tonight. By the way, the Little Rock women play tomorrow against Arkansas State if you're looking for a Friday night activity. Barrett Salee at 11.30. We'll talk a little combine with him. And Terry Connor Johnson, who just celebrated a birthday yesterday, will be in from the Arkansas Sports Hall of Fame. We'll talk to her about what's going on with them. They got a couple of events coming up. A few things I tweeted here from last, uh, last night and this morning that were interesting. ESPN stats and info. Mason Jones' 730 point game of the season ties him with Marcus Thornton and Jody Meeks for the most 30 point games in a season by an SEC player over the last two decades. Isaiah Jones, 12 for 12. We already mentioned the most ever made by a uh, Razorback player without a miss since they joined the SEC. It betters Julissi's Nobles and Robert Shepard's (laughs) 10-for-10s. Nobles. And bubble teams to track today. This is from John Rothstein, who covers college basketball. Indiana is at Purdue. Wichita State's got Temple. USC is at Arizona, or has Arizona, and UCLA has Arizona State. So all those teams, again, hoping that – I guess with Indiana, maybe you're not rooting against them. No. 'Cause that'll help Arkansas by proxy, but
2: is Indiana a bubble team?
1: According to him. Hmm.
2: And Wichita State's a bubble team. They're playing Temple or is Temple the bubble team?
1: No, Indi- uh, Indiana's the bubble t- or um Wichita State's the bubble team. Okay. Which I would have thought they were into, but they've had a lot of losses lately. Uh-oh. they got off to a great start and then they've fallen off quite a bit. Uh other thing here, he says Arkansas, and he he was kind of promoting Arkansas with and without Isaiah Joe, which that's a narrative that Arkansas's gotta keep banging the drum on. But you know the bottom line is that they win their games. I think they're in good shape. And he also uh, the other thing that was crazy, Maryland last night. I want to give them a huge game ball before we take our break. So on my lock of the week again, I'm telling you, college basketball folks is a, an absolute crapshoot. I don't know how to pick it. I'm just guessing. But Maryland was a one point road dog at Minnesota, and any time a game like that pops up, you got to go. This ain't right. Something's fishy. I gotta I gotta think twice about this one. Well. Something really weird happened in that game last night. We don't have time to talk about it right now, but we will coming up. Let me get uh, Pete in here, and then we'll hit our break and get Nancy Holtis on. What's up, Pete?
4: Hey, fellas. How are you, man? Good, so man. Good. What's up? Hey, um, you know, looking at the standings, the SEC, uh, there's the biggest discrepancy um, uh, among all of the teams in wins and wins, losses, home, and aways is really Auburn and Kentucky's overall loss record. In other words, if you look at the numbers, they are – they have just, I think Auburn has, what, four losses and Kentucky two, so regardless of what we may have scheduled, the Hogs and and Mississippi State and everyone else, we have some uh, cupcakes, still that's glaring, still that says that they, you know, they don't lose that many, so uh, I think everyone's realistic, you guys certainly are on curbing our enthusiasm relative to how well we'll finish out the season, but Again, if we get into the SEC tournament and win more than one, and if we certainly get in the big dance, um, it's, it's uh, congratulations all the way around. No doubt. Last night's exciting. One last comment. I think this has done a lot, frankly, for Joe Klein's recognition. I just forget, and Joe and I are about the same age, I forget how great You're he that was. are that old? What's that? Forget how know you're hey, that I still, old. I play ball every day, so uh, I don't, I don't think he does. But uh, well, be careful every day. You don't want you
2: keeling
1: over. Forget yeah, what did you well, forget? I didn't I, get your point. What was your point?
4: Hey, the point is, I'm blown away by how how great Joe was. I mean, yeah, an Olympian and and NBA All Star, but uh, or All Pro. But the fact that he has scored that many points, I just don't remember. You know, remember that. In other words, in That's college or in the pros? In college, in college. Yeah. Just, yeah, how, how great he was. So. Yeah,
1: he was a great college player. no doubt. He's a. Look, he must have been pretty good in the NBA, too. You don't hang around 15 uh, years unless you're doing yeah. something right. Mm-hmm.
4: Especially at his size, man. I mean, those feet must look like uh,
1: Swiss cheese. Hmm. I don't know about that. Dave Holzingham? I, I don't want to look at Yeah, I don't either. Thanks, Pete. <laughs> Appreciate the call. See ya. 1029, Nancy Holtus from Oaklawn. Coming up after the break.
0: Let's go to Nancy Holtus to figure out what's going on in Oaklawn. Like she knows. She told him <laughs> just to
1: come on by. It was oh, sorry. Ask somebody it's before you come hot. on. It's my mic hot. <laughs> on the Brandon Moving and Storage hotline, there's Nancy Holtus, the know-it-all at Oakland.
5: Wow. That's really what you guys think of me. Good to know. A hot mic reveals all.
1: I think it was just me actually. I think Wes believes in you.
2: <laughs> yeah, I made some money off of you Friday. Well. <laughs> yeah. 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 You did. you came through again.
1: You know Nancy, you're not just a uh, a picker to me. You're much you're a human being. You know, I don't look at you just as a. Are you sure? As a horse brain. (laughs) (laughs) Brawn. Whatever. (laughs) Uh, Nancy, how's your purse look? How's my what? Your purse look.
5: It's getting bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Just like Oakland. Deeper.
1: Just like Oakland's purse.
5: How about that, Mo Money? Yeah.
1: Amazing. This has become sort of an annual event. It's just a matter of how many more dollars up it goes. But uh, they have added more money to the purses. This has been an annual tradition first level allowance races will be worth at least 90 thousand dollars I mean we're flirting with a six figure uh first level allowance race I mean Nancy this is insane what are we doing
5: it is maiden allowance are gonna go up two thousand allowances four thousand uh any race where the claiming price is twenty thousand or higher those purses will increase by two thousand. Races where the claiming tag is 16,000 or less, those are going to go up a thousand. So it's across the board. So, regardless of what level your horses compete, you are going to be positively affected by the purse increase. So, it's absolutely uh amazing and it just shows how Oakland is bigger and better through and through.
1: And committed. To making things yeah. better and better for the horsemen and women, which I, I appreciate, it. And, the, and everybody involved. So it's really good. Um, this is a good card today. There were a lot of familiar names on here to me today and some deep fields. So that makes it challenging for people like you who try to pick through these. Uh, I want to ask you about something quickly before we delve into that. We were talking on Saturday because there weren't any huge stakes races for the three-year-old uh, campaign this year over the weekend. And so we talked about sort of the big picture. And horses you've seen. We talked about Silver Prospector's performance and some of the other horses that ran in the uh, Southwest Stakes. But I want to ask you about a horse that's likely to ship. I think it's a Baffert horse uh, to Oakland named Nadal.
5: Oh, yeah. Lots of talk about this horse. And also a lot of play, you know, obviously because of his uh, famous namesake in the Rafa Nadal. Mm -hmm. Um, This horse is a perfect two for two uh, in his lightly raced career. He broke his maiden at Santa Anita in mid january and when he tested winners for the first time he was victorious in the grade two uh san vicente so uh very impressive and uh i can't wait for him to potentially come here but you know the the first horse that baffert had spoke of bringing here and that was way uh quite some time ago was eight ranks. um so it's going to be interesting to see uh you know which of the horses, uh, you know, possibly does make the plane. But you know, if you guys remember, and I know you do, uh, last year, you know, we split the rebel. Right. And who knows? Crazy things have happened. Sure. Here at Oakland. So you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see with a three-year-old crop this year. You know, there have been some really, really interesting horses come out, and. Even prior to the Smarty Jones, the first uh, leg of our three-year-old series, people were talking Rebel. Um, We heard horses from the Steve Asmussen barn, and I was saying the other day, you know, it's interesting that he won the Smarty Jones. He won the Southwest, and he had already had horses pointed towards the Rebel that haven't raced since last summer, and that is uh, Basin, um, who won at Saratoga. So it will be interesting if he can win – the Smarty, the Southwest, and the Rebel with three different horses That'd be
1: amazing. going
5: into the Arkansas Derby. I don't think that's ever been done.
1: Probably not. I was going to say two things about that. First of all, in my mind, and I know this is not how it works, but Baffert is sitting there going, Pfft. I've already killed, you know, crushed all these horses out west, and we might as well go on to Oakland and race some real competition. That's not actually how it goes, but in my mind, because I'm sort of an Oakland honk, that's how it goes in my brain. The other thing is, I wonder if like Baffert gets on like a conference call and he's like, "Give me Steve, give me D Dub." That's what he calls Dwayne Lucas. He calls him D Dub,
5: and he's like, "I love how he calls him his assistant trainer here," which cracks me up. He's yeah, like, "Hey, d-
1: hey, dudes." If we all take a whole bunch of horses, I bet they'll just throw another million dollars at it. We'll have two rebels. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> right.
0: Yeah.
5: Right. So. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's it's such an interesting scenario. You know how that could potentially uh, come to play. So uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it's it's going to be interesting how that how that one comes to be. And if if there is talk of you know, well, if we do get X number of horses, and then people will go deeper into their stable roster and say, well, you know what? I had initially pointed <laughs>
0: yeah.
5: X horse for this race, but this might give me another opportunity. But right. you remember, it didn't exactly work out in Baffert's favor last year. He brought game winner. He brought improbable. And neither of those horses went home victorious.
1: He's won enough, Nancy. I mean, I come know. on. Spread the love. All but right.
5: You know what? Talking about uh, getting beat. Can we talk just a second about Wilder and Fury? I'd rather because not. You... Okay. No,
1: All go right, ahead. Yeah, go that on. was – was no, that great? But Did...
5: now there, but now there are cheating accusations.
1: Cheating? Have
5: cheating. you seen the video on Twitter today?
1: No, I have not. I, I saw some uh, conspiracy theory potentially purported by Wilder that maybe Mark Breland was working with Fury in some form or fashion. But... No,
5: about the gloves? Uh-uh. So watch uh, uh, the video G- – go, uh, Tyson Fury and it pops up cheating. And some of the hits that he's made, it's like his, a limp wrist and the way when his punches go through. And it's, it's very odd how when you go to punch, it's not a straight punch. It's, it's very limp wristed. Um, it's really, really interesting. But when he started like licking the blood, I was just like, you lost me from there. Um, but I thought it was interesting how Wilder said he lost the fight after walking in the cage because his uh, his ringside his ring walk in attire weighed 40 pounds. Well, okay, you might want to try to want to try it on before you walked in. Yeah,
1: that was dumb. But like we said, yeah. look, I'm a I'm 190 ish pounds, and if you put a 40 pound outfit on me and I walk into a ring, even a long path like that, guess what, Nancy? I'm going to be just fine. And I'm not a (laughs) finely conditioned athlete like Deontay Wilder, who also weighs 230 pounds. That is such a crock up blank. But I am looking at the video now that you brought up. And yes, his gloves do look a little funny. And the question is, were they loaded with something? And we've seen that happen before. You can poo-poo it all you want. And I'll poo-poo it, too, because I'm not a big conspiracy theorist. But that happened not too long ago in a welterweight fight, I want to say. And it was proven and the guy ended up getting busted, and it was, uh, and he did something illegal with his gloves. I can't remember exactly. I think he uh, did something illegal, actually, with his wraps. But um, anyways, basically. But are the they're guy was not, done.
5: like I know in MMA, there are officials that go in and yeah. look at the gloves, they inspect the gloves, mm-hmm. they tape the gloves, and then initial off on them.
1: hmm I don't know.
5: And, and there's officials in the locker rooms the entire time.
1: I don't know. It is weird. We'll see. I, just, I want the it'll third come fight. Out
5: in the, it'll come out in the bathwater or the dishwater, whatever they call it.
1: Yeah, bath, washer, dish yeah. Wa- bath <laughs> dishwasher. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the card today here at 1043. We've got, uh, like I said, a lot of familiar names on the card. I think a lot of really interesting wagering opportunities today across the board.
5: Yes, we did um, have some uh, some major, major key scratches uh, in race one. The five is out, flat out, and foxy, um, which was a big scratch. Part of the entry in race three, the plain one, drip brew, is also a scratch. Those mm. are big, big key yeah, scratches. Um, and also the nine in the seventh dump his is a scratch but is in tomorrow and should be i'm thinking is going to be uh the morning line favorite i haven't looked at the morning line for tomorrow but some really good options uh for the day can i go ahead and start out uh with My long shot of the day that I, by the way, am very excited about.
1: Could I stop you if I wanted to? No. Go ahead.
5: No. Girl on a mission, can I just say that? Okay. So if you uh, look at race number six, very interesting race, very competitive race. This is a $25,000 claimer going a mile. You've got a lot of horses taking a drop in class and some are taking significant drop in class uh, after racing against uh, say 40,000 uh, racing against allowance levels last go did have scratches of the two I'm sorry the six and the seven six and seven um, horses racing uh, for barns for the first time off the claim um, there's one horse in particular that really really stands out to me six to one on the morning line does break on the outside, he draws the 11-hole, but I like that there are the two scratches, so he gets a little further into the inside, so he's now going to be breaking out of the 9-hole at the mile distance. That is driven to compete, coming from the barn of Cipriana Contreras, Walter de la Cruz aboard. This horse raced for 40,000 last go, ran fifth. He showed a lot of front-running pace. I like the fact that he shortens up just a little bit. Now, if you look at the horses he ran against last out, he exits a key race. This is this what you should circle. The winner of that race, Kurloff, returned to win a very, very important starter allowance. The fourth-place finisher in that same race won a very high-level starter allowance by the name of Sunny Smack. Yes. So the fact—exactly. The fact that this horse exits a key race takes the drop-in class— and three of this horse's four wins career have been at the mile distance. I think this horse is going to go off at a big price because of the fact you've got Robertino Diodoro in here, who has taken a big drop with a horse by the name of Flat Lucky who won uh, a stakes down at Delta, two starts back this horse is stretching out to the mile you've got steve asmussen with two horses in here this horse i think is going to be really overlooked and people are going to see two asmussen a diodoro they're going to overlook the number 11 driven to compete six to one on the morning line i think you're going to get all of that if not more
1: okay what is your most likely winner of the day
5: Already, my most likely winner of the day is going to be found in race number four, and that is the number three, Copper King. And this horse does race uh, with Ricardo Santana Jr., who gets back in the irons. Uh, did not like that far outside post. Broke the 10 of 10 when coming off a layoff at the mile distance. Here ran six, just was not involved from the bell does get blinkers on this time is fairly experienced making the sixth seventh career start has been in the money five of six uh this horse is due is due to win was a six hundred twenty five thousand dollar purchase at the keeneland september sale back in 17 they paid a lot of money for this horse they're ready to get the return they're keeping this thing at the maiden allowance level they know this horse is talented i like the fact that blinkers on gets a much better post gets reacquainted with Santana in the irons and is also you can't throw it out a half to mine that bird and grade one winner DulaHan. so I think with all of those things in taking into consideration I think Copper King is your winner in race four the number three
1: all right and then in our feature in the eighth we've got uh looks like eight horses in there what do you think here
5: yeah it's a very very competitive feature uh it is set to go a mile in distance, and uh, this is extremely competitive, very, very deep, wide open. Uh, I did take a chance. Uh, my top pick is nine to two, $11 on top, and I wouldn't be surprised if you get that. Morning Line favorite is from the barn of Brad Cox. This horse has been uh, running very, very well. However, comes off the layoff from late March down at, or over, I should say, at Golden Gate against first-level allowance runners. So debuts for the barn, comes off the significant layoff. I, however, am going to go with a horse that does have more recency from a different California barn. This for the barn of Phil Diamato, ran a really good second here in the local debut against this level at the mile when stretching back out. Ran a really impressive race at 19 to 1. Obviously not going to get that, but 9 to 2 on the morning line. I think you probably could get a really good bargain on this horse today. So I'm going to take a chance. Second time out locally with a 4 rockin' ready from the barn of Phil D'Amato.
1: Will you take a question from a caller, Nancy? We've never done this before.
5: Only if it's personal.
1: Okay. (laughs) Brian, have at it.
4: She ain't scared. Miss Holtis, thank you very much. Oh. I appreciate Hi. it. Hi. Right, Keeping it formal. Yes. Real, real quick. Ms. Holtis,
1: if you're Nancy, guess. if you're nasty, yeah. or Nancy. Yeah. Yeah, I like that.
4: Hi, Brian. If, if uh, in a split race rebel situation, in this scenario, would uh, Oakland Racing guarantee uh, someone like Baffert, if he was to bring more than one horse, that they'd be in separate divisions?
5: Yes, that's an excellent question. Yeah, if you remember, um, but they if they were something happens year. like last year, yeah, they would split uh, horses. Say uh, a trainer would enter four horses, there would be two in each division. So, say an owner would have two horses, one would be in each division. Excellent so question.
4: Aside from that, then how is it determined which horses go into each division? And uh, I'm guessing. That the way you answered the first question was uh, they would see would be afforded uh, most likely we wouldn't see silver prospector and basin in the same division should they split he would be afforded the same opportunity and uh, okay and uh, how how do they determine the rest of the order
1: okay that's three, that's three <laughs> questions Brian I mean you really went way overboard there <laughs>
5: well the, the it's literally a blind draw the entries are put into a box first they split the the trainer entries and then they split the same owner entries and so that way that they are separate and then once those are split they take the rest the remaining entries and it's it's literally a blind draw they stick those entries into a box and divide those into two separate races
1: okay very good Nancy, thanks for all the insight. Thanks again to Design Lab by Locker Room Athletics. We appreciate them presenting Nancy every week. It's been great stuff, and we will check in tomorrow. Get a.
5: It is my pleasure, as always.
1: Oh, you're so so kind. Are you feeling better? Are you doing better? Uh, health-wise, you know what?
5: Two heavy sh- steroid shots in the tuchus does wonders.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. I usually uh. I rely on scotch, typically, in those situations. Nancy, I find that it kills almost <laughs> everything. But I'm glad you went the uh, medicinal route. Things. Yes, they are. Yes. All right. Well, we're glad to hear you're on the mend. We will check it tomorrow. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. Talk right, to you stuff. then. Great stuff. Nancy, hold us on the random moving and storage outline. Yes, sir.
2: How great is oaklandanywhere.com or oaklandanywhere, the app? I have already
1: I put my, my bets in. I'm done. I'm done for the day. I have a pick in the 1st, 2nd, 4th, 5th, 7th, and 8th, personally. But Whoa. I'm gonna see how it goes early because I've been cold of late, and I'm running out of money in my account.
2: Yeah, don't tell me about that because you had Lichen and you you blew it. That would have paid. That would have put so much money in your account, you wouldn't be griping about anything. If
1: you would have take, uh, taken uh, Western Carolina last night, like I told you on Oakland Game Day, and if you would have taken Maryland, like I told you yesterday at even money, you would have won both of those, like I suggested in my huh? Locks of the Week. When are we going to be down there? Uh, one week from f- f- Thursday. One week from tomorrow. One week from today. One week from tomorrow. Nope, you're thinking about March Madness. That's a couple weeks away. Okay. One week from tomorrow, Tomorrow. we'll be down there getting ready for the Rebel Stakes. Ah! The aforementioned. Yes. No, no. Two weeks from tomorrow. Isn't that right? Yeah, it's two weeks from tomorrow. It's two weeks from tomorrow. I can't wait. I'm positive. (laughs) We're so excited. It's two weeks from tomorrow, and then we'll be back the following week to talk about March Madness. Yeah, got to hit a break. This is what we like to call a Justin Akery segment. Or a short segment, if you prefer. I do have pretty average-sized hands, at least comparatively to my cohorts here at the Buzz, though, because we did it for the Combine. Speaking of, it looks like we're going to do another Hog Combine, or Hog Combine, Buzz Combine, Wes. So it is, Kristen, you down for this, right? It's a 40-yard dash. It's a 135-pound bench press, as many times as you can do it. It's broad jump. It's vertical leap. And I think that's it. I've started my training. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm
4: doing 50 push-ups every hour of the show.
1: Oh, my goodness. That's impressive. You're going to be setting a Guinness Book of World record soon. Let me get Susan in quickly. We've got about a minute left, Susan. Fire away.
5: Uh, Okay. I want to know if anybody saw that at the end of the ball game when Jimmy Dykes, I guess that's who it was, and Pat Bradley and the other guy, were talking about the game. What's, what was showing on the bottom of the screen that Tennessee defeated Arkansas?
1: Yes, that staffer, I'm sure, has been let go from the SEC network.
5: Oh, my gosh. I couldn't believe it. That was just I didn't know So My husband said, look at that. And I looked and I said, that can't be right. Th-
1: think about if you're somebody that put your whole life savings on Arkansas in that game. <laughs> yeah.
5: And you look up there and you
1: see that and you go, you know what? I got no reason to live.
5: But the guys earlier <laughs> wouldn't let me talk about it because they were doing ask the question. We can't talk to you. And they hung up on me. And I, I was not happy about
1: that. Susan, that is so oh rude. God. You're welcome it on our was. show. Anytime. Jeez.
5: Okay, thank you.
4: And
1: on that show, honestly, they might have thought that Tennessee won the game anyway. You never know with them.
4: <laughs> Thanks
5: a lot, Justin.
1: All right. Take care, Susan. Bye. Thank you. 1058. Sunshine. Happy day. Hogs win. We're going to talk to Shields, I guess, coming up. Can't all be good, Wes. Can't win them all.